Enchantment? Enchantment. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 26th episode of The Roundabout, celebrating 15 years of the Xbox 360. My name is Ryan Turford, and this is the show where we're counting down the months to the 15-year anniversary of the Xbox 360 with 50 of the best games to play on the console for both new and experienced owners. We dive into the brief history of each game and talk about what makes them awesome. As always, we'd love your feedback on the show over on Twitter at the Xbox Drive, or you can reach out to me directly anytime at Ryan Turford. On this week's episode, we try and stop the Blight and the Darkspawn in Dragon Age Origins released on November 3rd, 2009. Hot off the heels of Mass Effect, Dragon Age was meant to be the return to the roots of Bioware, which originated with stuff like Baldur's Gate or Knights of the Old Republic, things like that. While it didn't really have the D&D license associated with it, like the Baldur's Gate titles, Bioware crafted a new universe that had a story that took place over the course of three games, similar to Mass Effect, but different. It wasn't the same type of trilogy as the Mass Effect games, as it did connect choices from the first game to subsequent games, either through the choices uh, in Inquisition, where you just choose the choices in front of you, or through Dragon Age 2, where you could sync to like the online server and pull your save that way. Um, but you played as a different character with a different party in all three games. Now, for those who haven't played it, Dragon Age Origins takes place in the fictional country of Ferelden. You play as the newest recruit of the Grey Wardens, who are basically this ancient society that are trying to basically stop the, the Darkspawn from returning. They're basically like orcs or goblins or uh, what have you. The Grey Wardens are tasked with stopping a once-in-a-thousand-year invasion of the Darkspawn known as the Blight. Apparently, they just invade every thousand years and then they retract. Apparently, that's a thing. That's how that works. However, after a betrayal from the Kingdom of Ferelden, you are forced to gain new allies from different kingdoms to defeat the Darkspawn while also clearing your character's name. Bioware are the masters of storytelling in the video game industry, and the story in Dragon Age Origins is one of their best. It's well-written with memorable characters and fantastic lore. If you really want to go to, down the rabbit hole with that, I mean, there's tons of journal entries and other things to find in the game that just go into the lore of this. Um, there's also lots of Dragon Age books and comics and other things, other medium outside of uh, video games. So it's really cool that they built this like big expanded universe, and this was kind of the beginning of that. The story itself has lots of political intrigue, epic battles, and lots of twists and turns, really giving you everything you'd want from a good fantasy story. While Origins had a definitive beginning, middle, and end, I've actually grown to appreciate the story much more now in retrospective versus when I first played it, given how it ties into the later two titles, and I loved it when it came out, so honestly that says a lot. I, I think that Dragon Age Origins was an amazing story when it first came out, and yeah, it's just, it's funny looking back on it now, because it's only been 11 years, but it just feels like it's been so much longer since Origins came out, especially because after the the other two games in particular, I love the way that the subtle ways, because it's not super overt, that they, the, the the things they tie into both games, especially Inquisition, where it was really like um, the, the building up of all the events from the first two games uh, coming to a climax anyways. So uh, I love all the little nods and stuff like that to other games. And yeah, it was just, it's really cool to revisit Origins now because I love getting to see all those little things that they were basically building from from the beginning. It's also a game where your choices really do matter, and that all starts with your character's backstory. Depending on your created character's race, class, or backstory choices, there are six different opening sections of the game that totally are different from each other and depend entirely on this choice. But that doesn't stop here, as your character's backstory affects 
later events like dialogue choices, additional missions, and how the game ends. It actually has a lot of weight on the game and actually gives the game a lot of replay value as well um, because you want to obviously go back and see all, all six choices and and what's different about the game when you play as a mage versus like a dwarf noble or like a city elf, you know, like I, I love all that stuff. It's really a tr- truly unique experience in this regard that isn't really replicated in many, if not any other games. I struggled to think of any when I was coming up with this list, let alone other games in the series, because later Dragon Age games had you basically play as a specific character that you created. You still did the character creation thing, but it was just you played as a specific character, kind of like Commander Shepard in a way. Um, they went away from doing like the six different options, mainly because obviously they don't, they, uh, they probably just wanted you to get right into the action and not have to worry about replaying the beginning of the game six different times to, to see all the different outcomes, I guess. I also really like that. Unlike other Bioware games released at the time, the dialogue choices were much more shades of gray rather than being definitive, good or bad or neutral choices. You'd sometimes make a choice that you'd think would be the good choice only to have it really be the bad choice further down the road. With the return of the classic Bioware style, the combat is reminiscent of Bioware's older titles. While it's not technically turn-based, your characters auto-attack while you use different abilities that have cooldown timers associated with them. It's not super cooldown heavy like an MMO is, um, but you have a little bit of cooldown management because some of your more powerful skills um, just take longer to recharge anyways. It's not revolutionary or anything like that, but it definitely gets the job done, though I will say the character balance is a little bit off, and if you played this game, you know what I'm talking about. Mages, in particular, are fairly overpowered in the party composition which with a large variety of skills, and they put out massive amounts of damage, especially towards the end of the game. They can take out tons, like groups of enemies, like it's nothing, um, which is kind of crazy, but I still think any party is viable through the experience. It kind of depends on, like, it's, an, it's almost like a pseudo-difficulty layer, I guess. If you've got a party with three mages and one tank, and the tank can basically hold all the aggression, you'd have basically one mage healing the tank, and then the other two basically blowing up all the enemies, uh, which is kind of interesting. You'll find a variety of weapons, including demons, humans, darkspawn, and wild animals, with some epic bosses thrown in there to test your party's endurance. There's a lot of content in the game as well, with a fairly lengthy campaign and lots of replayability just like other Bioware titles. The combat and the gameplay itself also very reminiscent of something like Knights of the Old Republic as well. Um, I think it's a little bit slower paced than that experience, but um, I do think that that's probably the most comparable Bioware game uh, that I'll compare it to with uh, with Origins, If you again, if you haven't played it. So here's the thing, folks. How well does Dragon Age Origins hold up? Well... That's where things get a bit tricky. As far as the visuals, the combat, and the story go, pretty much everything except for the level design and the character design, um, or just the look of those things, are great today. Um, and even those in particular don't really look bad. It's just they're, the characters and uh, some of the environments are starting to look their age. Um, also, if you're playing on 360 specifically, um, you do get some fr- frame slowdowns, uh, like sub-30 frame rates sometimes, um, and it just depends on how uh, many effects are going on and whatnot um versus if you're playing on the xbox one um even though it doesn't have x enhancements or xbox one enhancements just the native hardware itself just actually helps smooth out the frame rate so definitely i think if you want a smoother experience um i definitely encourage you to play it on xbox one of the two however and here's the big however 
Ever since Dragon Age Origins was released, it's lived in the shadow of its PC version. And for those that didn't really know the story between behind this, the console version of Dragon Age Origins plays very differently from the PC version. The PC version is played from either a top-down perspective with point-and-click controls, or you can move the camera behind your selected character, similar to the 360 version. However, the game's tactical mode, which allows you to pause the action and issue commands, was removed when developing the console version for whatever reason. Now, at the time, this division kind of made a lot of sense because we hadn't really seen these types of um, point-and-click games really work well on console. Um, we didn't really see them sell too well. And this was long before we got experiences like Divinity Original Sin or The Pillars of Eternity or other games of that ilk. Like, it's much more common to see this type of game work well on console um, because I think a lot of developers kind of have this formula down. But looking back in the lens of 2009... That was definitely not the case. Um, you basically saw uh, this kind of be on the fringe of things. And they kind of wanted to make it feel a little bit more like Mass Effect or, again, some of the uh, Bioware's other games like Jade Empire or Knights of the Republic where you had that same type of uh, look and feel when you're navigating through the environment. So um, it is a bit of a shame uh, that they're very different. Um, so while I personally don't think that this is a deal breaker, your personal tastes are really going to come into play with which one of these two versions you prefer. And so I think it's worth mentioning if you're looking back at replaying this game, especially if, if you didn't know this with a thing, because, and if you only play on console, you might not have known that the PC version of Dragon Age Origins is a very different game. I mean, it's got all the same content. You're still doing all the same story stuff. It's got all the same missions. It's just the way you play the game is very different. It's, it almost reminds me, and this is like the only example I can kind of think of that's like this, is the uh, version of Metal Gear that appears on the MSX versus the NES, because for whatever reason, uh, Metal Gear is a stealth game, and the, for the NES version, they removed the stealth mechanic for some reason. It's the same game, pretty much, other than a couple of different areas are, are kind of remixed, um, and they removed Metal Gear as well, which is, <laughs> it's weird because Metal Gear is in the name and they removed it. Um, and uh, it's a very similar situation here where this almost feels like they're two different releases, but they're the same game when you like it's got the same story and everything else. Um, so obviously, if you're looking back, going back and playing Dragon Age Origins, obviously, which one you prefer is going to depend on do I want like top down point and click like tactical games more or do I like uh, like more like traditional Bioware RPGs um, or I should say. Uh, modern Bioware RPGs in the sense of uh, more like Mass Effect or um, Dragon Age or <laughs> Jade Empire or something like that. So I think that kind of is just going to depend on which version you should play, especially because you're not really asking the question now, well, can I can my PC run Dragon Age Origins? Because obviously in 11 years, probably have a PC powerful enough to play it. So I think that that really kind of factors into my ranking of it on this list. But ultimately, I thought the best way to approach this would simply be rank it based on how much enjoyment I had from the 360 version. And honestly, I had a lot of fun with this game. Again, as you can tell, I've been talking this game up a lot because I really like this game. Um, but yeah, it's just worth noting that they you do get two very different experiences. So um, look out for that.
Now, if you're looking to pick up Dragon Age Origins today, it's available digitally on Xbox 360, and it's backwards compatible on Xbox One, like I mentioned. It's also available through EA Access in the vault, so you can play it that way as well if you don't actually own a copy. Uh, otherwise, for the most part, it goes on sale all the time as well, so it actually is pretty cheap uh, to pick up. And again, it runs great on Xbox One. Um, that's probably the place I would recommend playing it. Um, but if you have a 360 only, uh, it's still fun to play there as well. I actually checked out both versions uh, for, the, for the purposes of this podcast. So when I did talk about um, the, the differences and how it aged. Again, it hasn't really aged that badly. It's only been 11 years too. So, I mean, it hasn't been too long. Um, but even just playing on original 360, it still looks and runs great. It's just when you've got more effects on, on screen and stuff, it's going to slow down a little bit. That's all for this episode of The Roundabout. You can hit me up on Twitter anytime at Ryan Turford. You can also find the pantsman himself, Sean Capri, on Twitter at Sean Capri, and us on Twitter at The Xbox Drive. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Roundabout, and we out. Bye!